Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to World War Fun. Today we'll be talking about chapters 2 and 3 of and All Quiet. 1 through 3. 1 through 3 of All Quiet on the Western Front by Eric Maria Mark. Okay, so we're going to start like we did last time with quotes, but um, today the quote's going to come from page 33. And this is a quote about Paul. And this is right after Kemmerich dies. And he says, My feet begin to move forward in my boots. I go quicker, I run. Soldiers pass by me. I hear their voices without understanding. The earth is streaming with forces which pour into me through the soles of my feet. The night cackles electrically. The front thunders like a concert of drums. My limbs move supplely. I feel my joints strong. I breathe the air deeply. The night lives, I live. I feel a hunger greater than comes from the belly alone. Mueller stands in front of the hut waiting for me. I give him the boots. We go in and he tries them on. They fit well. So um, I think this quote really shows um, a change in Paul as we see has his good friend Kemmerich has just died. And he's he doesn't really know how to handle that. So he's just running like back to the base and he doesn't care about anything else that's happening because he's just trying to get through that grief of his friend dying and he's he's used to death but I think and he's said that before but this is the first time we see how it really affects him so I think that shows a change in his character that we didn't get to see before and I think this shows the theme of um, just how brutal war can be on a person because even though he's so used to this death it's still having a great toll on him and we can see this as he runs back um, this is Abigail, and I'm reading a quote from page 48. Um, Himmelstoss was thrown down. He rolled five yards and started to yell. But we were prepared for that and had brought a cushion. Hayes squatted down, laid the cushion on his knees, felt where Himmelstoss's head was, and pressed it down on the pillow. Immediately, his voice was muffled. Hay left, let him get a gasp of air every so often when he would give a mighty yell that was immediately hushed. So this just shows how this is when Himmelstoss was getting beaten up by the other guys and how the other guys feel that Himmelstoss was being like rude to him like back to when he made the Pissa beds um, sleep above each other and were just not being very sensitive to him. And, yeah. Um. My quote is coming from page 37. Um, we couldn't do without Kaczynski. He was a, has a sixth sense. There are such people everywhere, but one does not appreciate it at first. Every company has one or two. Kaczynski is the smartest person I know. Um, this whole section is really about how Kaczynski is able to provide for all the other uh, soldiers that he kind of is around and he's a little bit older than them and he uses his knowledge to like kind of get food and make everyone's life a little better so this really shows how um the people's the younger people's life has been taken away from them how they um weren't able to live and get this new wisdom 
that Kaczynski has. Kaczynski had a whole life before he went into the war and can use that knowledge in the war where it's almost like um, the younger soldiers have known nothing but war, so they really have no knowledge of the world. I think going off of what Lonnie said, that Kaczynski kind of is almost a father figure for the the new um, soldiers that are coming into the war, because we can see him um, as he provides, and he's um, giving the boys, or the younger boys, parts of his rations, and um, he's just kind of helping them out, and he's using these, like Lonnie said, the skills that he finds, that he's able to find this stuff, that he's able to cook a horse that he just found meat from when he went out and that he's so willing to share with everyone I think that that kind of shows just a new side of him that we haven't seen in his character where he's just he's willing to help anyone out any way he can and putting others in front of himself which I think just shows another kind of part of war that he hasn't let it affect him in a bad way as trying to make it better for everyone else than himself which is kind of a new way to look at his character um yeah I agree because um, with his stashes, he was able to find he could provide for him and his friends to eat more. And um, yeah, it just shows how he's resourceful and he can like figure out how to survive like in like times like this and like the and like not enough food. For him, yeah, I guess. That he was able to yeah. find food for everyone else. So I think that what Abigail brought up about Himmelstoss was kind of um, just something to look for in the future. Do you guys think that he will change now that they've kind of they took him, they put a sheet over his head, and everyone was kicking him? Do you think that that will change his personality in any way, or do you think he's like? Do you think it'll make him more lenient, or do you think it's going to make him even more straight? Um, I think that for a while he's going to kind of lay off and be um, not necessarily nicer, but just less interfering. But then I think he's instead of becoming more lenient, he's just going to um, start being worse. He's going to start being harder on all the soldiers and things like I don't think it's necessarily going to make anything better, but it probably... um, will make it seem better for a while and then all of a sudden he's going to make their life so much worse yeah I agree with what Lonnie said because with the the beating up of him is going to cause like some fear for the other guys so he is going to like give him some space but like at the end I think he's going to like want to have revenge on them yeah, so um, moving on to part two of the podcast, um, we're going to talk about how Remark often uses vivid images in his descriptions of soldiers' life at the front, and just um, places in this first three chapters that we can see this imagery. So, um, yeah. Welcome back to our podcast, World War Fun. Um, This is going to be the second part of our second episode, and we're still talking about All Quiet on the Western Front. So it's me, Caleb, Abigail, 
and Lonnie. Um, so for this section, we're going to talk about, like I mentioned earlier, just the, um, the imagery that we saw and kind of found throughout the um, first three chapters of the book. And I'm going to start off, this isn't on a specific page, but just um, when I was reading through the part where Kemmerich died, I felt like I could really picture that um, just when he was talking and having him um, lean in and say Paul, um, when Paul was trying to reassure him that he was going to survive, that he leaned in and said, I don't think so, and was just talking with um, all the other... Albert, be quiet, stop. Thanks. Um, so just when he was um, going through there and he just was um, talking with Paul and just how doubtful he was, I could really picture that, just how he was so distraught and kind of went from not even knowing that his leg was amputated to just be sure, being sure that he was going to die. I thought that was just some good imagery in the way that that was written. Um. Um, my quote is on page 29. I glance at my boots. They are big and clumsy. The breeches are tucked into them, and standing up, one looks well-built and powerful in these great drain pipes. But when we go bathing and strip, suddenly we have slender legs again and slight shoulders. We are no longer soldiers, but little more than boys. No one would believe that we could carry packs. It is a strange movement moment when we stand naked. Then we become civ civilians and almost feel ourselves to be so. So this just shows how... Like when they're in their boots and their military boots, they seem powerful and like like grown men. But then when they bathe, they become like small, innocent boys and like not even twenty yet. And it's just like just shows how it's like they were being thrown into this war and like their childhood is gone and like they have to grow up fast. But in, in reality, they really are still little boys. Oh, is this okay? Yeah, we're good. Go ahead, Lonnie. Um, I have two quotes. One is also from 29. It says, At school, he used to wear a brown coat with a belt and shiny sleeves. He was the only one of us two who could do a giant's turn on the horizontal bar. His hair flew in his face like silk when he did it. Cantrick was proud of him, but he couldn't stand cigarettes. His skin was very white, and he had something of... The the girl about him my next quote comes from 37 and it says for example we land at night in some entirely unknown spot a sorry hole that has been eaten out to the walls we are quartered in a small dark factory adapted to this purpose there are beds in it or rather bunks a couple of wooden beams over which wire netting has been stretched um these two quotes really show the imagery that he uses. He doesn't necessarily use a lot of adjectives, but he's careful with his words. And you can really um, imagine and picture what's going on in the story. He has, uh, he's very good at painting a picture in your mind with the words that he uses. So I have one more. It's not a quote, but on page 49... Um Hai says that revenge is black pudding. And I think this simile just shows how when they get back at Himmelstoss, it's just kind of bittersweet that they were able to just kind of get back at him. And um, But he's going to, like we said earlier, that he might become bitter in the future just because they've attacked him like that. 
So I think just overall um, that um, Eric Maria remark was able to use imagery a lot because um, just I think for me and for all of us when we were reading, you were able to just see a lot of um, just um, you were just able to picture a lot of the scenes that happened. So um, yeah, overall I think that there was a lot of imagery of different stuff and that we'll um, continue to see more throughout the story. Do you have anything else, Abigail? Okay, that's it. Thanks.